What's happening, man? What's going on? Mr. Cannon Johnson, how you been doing, buddy? You had a good day? What's up, dude? It's been all right. <laughs> well, everybody, welcome back to uh, My Fence Life with Dan and Cannon. Cannon Johnson, Jackson Fence, Madonna, Tennessee, and uh, Dan Blanc, Fence Cannon, Manville, Louisiana. Um, Y'all, uh, make sure you go and like our Facebook page, My Fence Life. Um, you got questions, you want to be on the show, you got something you want to hear us talk about, go to MyFenceLife.com. And we got YouTube channel if you want to watch us after uh, the show's over and catch it. Or you can hit us up on uh, our podcast, Apple, yeah. Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all that good stuff. My Fence Life, everywhere. So... Who we got tonight, Cannon? What's going on? Dan, we have the pleasure of having with us a guy that I love watching on Facebook. He's very interactive. He's become a little influencer. And he is so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess transparent. He, he's so like, hey, I'm willing to show you what's going on in my life. His name is David Gatto. A lot of you guys know exactly who he is. And he's doing some tremendous things. He was just featured, Dan, what, two weeks ago in the Fence News magazine? Had his whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. whole write up. Last week. So, yeah, man. So, uh, so tonight we got David Gatto, and I'm, I'm freaking excited about that. Um, I did get asked today to talk about. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out, Dan, if that's okay. Uh, yeah. My buddy Chris Steele down in Pace, Florida, is having yeah. his open house. Uh, every year he does a crawfish boil. Dan, you and I got to go last year. Uh, let me see what the dates are. It's April the 23rd, Pace, Florida. If you're in that area uh, or just want to get away, April the 23rd, Pace, Florida. Uh, last year we had quite a bit of a, uh, a rain fall during that event. But, man, I've never had so much crawfish in my life. <laughs> I remember, man. Dylan and I were there. We had a great time. Uh, talked to Chris about that today. I was trying to figure out, do we have some fence guys going out there? Are they going to be there? Um, I'll definitely go if we can have some networking. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to check it out. And see, uh, see some people, man. You know. Uh, so, Dan, we've already got a few people here with us. We got uh, your boy Terry the Bowler. Yeah, Terry, guy works for me. Mm-hmm. We got Sean Kane. We got my son Dylan. Oh, Jeff Gephardt's in here. Justin Nary. But look, man, let's get to let's get to David, man. He's got a bunch of kids, and I'm sure he wants to get back to them. Let's let's get him on this thing, man. I'm I'm excited to hear what he's got to say and uh, hear his story. Yeah. So, no further ado, David Gatto. What's going on, David? Hey guys, what's going on? Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, no problem, man. No problem. David, look, if I don't man. say. Anything else? I just want to chime in real fast. I'm. I feel like my my, my signal is not great. How do you guys perceive me right now? Am I coming through okay? I'm curious. You sound great. We're you good. Bad. I look bad. Sound great. I'll take that. But before I drop off and I can't say anything, David, I love your freaking headset, dude. I'm so excited. Like that is a sign of a guy who takes this kind of stuff serious, and I appreciate that uh, enthusiasm and passion. If nothing else, I appreciate I want that. that. To come across. Hey, David, I was telling Thank Cannon um, when we decided we were going to have you on the show, 
I said, man, I've been knowing David about two and a half, three years. We met on Facebook. Probably one of us got in one of his inboxes. And that was back when you and I were still running around in our trucks, going to job sites. And I remember telling you, man, you you got you to have people not calling your phone anymore. You got to get a VOIP. And you're like, well, what is that? You remember that? <laughs> now look at us, man. I do. So I do remember and apps to run our businesses, and we were excited about getting a VOIP oh, yeah. through Verizon. Man, it's incredible how far along you came Absolutely. and how came since we first met. You know, so yeah, it's amazing. So, guess just tell us a little bit about yourself, Dave. You've been successful. You got a a, a great business that you built up in what eight years or so. Give us a rundown how you started out, and you know, maybe some advice to new guys coming up. Some guys that are already in it, and some guys are where you are now. You know, I want to hear all, and I want to hear all the chapters, David. Don't hold back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, so you know, my story is probably a lot like a lot of guys that are starting out, and it's probably different in some ways. But you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm just going to tell you guys like it is. This is my story. Um, basically, I was a homeless hopeless drug addict living on the streets um i was literally living in a cemetery in the city of york after i was released from prison um i was sober at this time i had a problem with drugs in the past and so i just happened to run into this place called life speaking foundation in york and so there was a gym that was on a loading dock now this loading dock is mine now but so there was this gym that was out there with weights and I, I walked up and approached a guy and i said hey listen i said is there a way that i could lift those weights in there that i can use your gym and you know me and him got to talking and he said where, where are you living at and i said i'm living in the cemetery and this guy his name's bob allen he gave me a room to stay in this place it was called the life skills house so where they taught guys like you know how to be productive how to live again and so you know i'm staying in this life skills house i don't have a driver's license i don't have money i got a job at a tire factory uh, called credit wheel and tire out in york and i'm telling you every single morning i would run five miles to work i would go to this job i would sling tires all day and stack them on a trailer so anyways one day I'm, I'm getting ready for work and i'm just you know brushing my hair getting ready to you know jog out the door go to work and i get this idea to start my own business it like came out of nowhere and you know the idea kept getting stronger and stronger and i kept envisioning myself going out and starting this business so one day after work i went up into my room which i'm in the life skills house so it's a shared room in there so i'm living in a room with another guy and it's probably like a maybe like a 10 by 10 room so it's very small and he had a laptop in there and a printer and i like made this little word document of all these things that i thought that i could do like clean gutters um you know uh shovel snow uh, windows whatever i thought that i could do and so after work i would take this these papers with me with the list of uh, skills that i the services that i thought that i could provide and i would go and knock on people's doors 
And I would just say, hey, you know, my name's Dave. And the name Future Solutions just came out of nowhere. It's like I just made it up one day. And I ended up liking the sound of it, so I kept it. But I would knock on your door, Cannon. I would say, hey, this is Dave from Future Solutions. Just going around the neighborhood. I have a new business. I'm trying to start it up, get it going here. I'm offering dealers deals. Here's a list, a list of services that I know how to do. If there's anything that you like on this list, let me know, and I'll come and do it. And so I did this every single day after working to dark. And like I said, I got no truck, no license, so I'm on foot. And eventually, you know, people started saying, yeah, yeah. How much for the, how much to clean the gutters? How much to clean our windows? How much to mulch our yard? And so I would start coming back and doing these jobs on the weekend. And I'm telling you, like, I would literally be walking up the street with a shovel, a rake, and a pickaxe from the recovery house, yes. the men's skills house, and having mulch delivered. Um, you know, then I started getting other people from the uh, recovery house to work with me. So this is going on. Um, so I go to my job one day because hey, now I got a. Give yeah. us, I can't help but think, give us a time frame. That, give, put us, what year is this, you think? This is the beginning of 2014. 2014. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Dave's been in business eight years, man. He's come a long way. Well, 2014, yeah. he was walking up the road raking, raking leaves and, and, and stattering mulch, right? Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and I was like, his name's got a house with, he told me today, he goes, I'm in, I'm in one of my rooms, one of my guest rooms. I'm like, how many rooms you got, Dave? Yeah, we're, we're living in our dream home, man. And I'm yeah. so thankful for that from living on the streets and living in the cold and, and being hungry to having what I have now. So I'm forever thankful for that. So, so yeah, this is, this is 2014. And so, you know, I go to the tire shop one day and I tell my bosses like, Hey, listen, I have to quit. This is my two weeks notice. I'm going to start my own business. And everybody in the room erupted in laughter and they thought I was joking. And, you know, then they found out I was serious. So, yeah, they're all laughing in there. And um, uh, they said, all right, we'll give you a raise. They said, how does 20 cents sound? And I said, you know, thanks for the offer, guys. But I said, I'm going to have to leave. I made my mind up. So I end up quitting. And now I'm, I'm out there every day. You know, I get this job. I'm cutting bamboo down. I'm, I'm doing whatever I can out there. And one day I sold a fence. And I'd never done a fence. fence what kind of fence was it, David? It was a vinyl fence. It was a six-foot-tall vinyl fence. And so, and it was a pretty big job. I didn't really know how to bid it. I went out there and bid it. So now I'm watching YouTube videos on how to build the fence. And so I didn't know who to get fence off of. So I bought the fence off of Home Depot, and they delivered the fence there. And I figured, you know what? I got time to figure this out. I said, I can, I can take my time. I can do this. Um, you know, I have no truck and, and I show up there and it's like a big family event for these people. So they got the whole family out there. They got their, who knows, their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, and all eyes are on me now, you know, and they're asking me questions like, what's this? And I don't know. I got stuff falling out of there, you channel, and I don't even know what this stuff is. Um, and it just so happens that this job was on top of a shale vein and it was extraordinarily hard digging. And I, I'm telling you, my hands were bleeding calluses. And all I kept thinking is get this job done and you'll be able to afford a pickup truck. 
Just get it done. Just get it done. And the job took wow. me about a week and a half um, to do it, but I was able to buy my first truck, which was a multicolored uh, a Chevy. It was a Chevy, uh, like, like an S10, five-speed. Um, I used to hide it from customers because it, it looked like it belonged in the junkyard, but it was a truck. So I said to myself, Cannon, Dan, I said, there's money in this. I can do this. I can, can build these fences. You know, I said, as long as I can keep a post level and keep it to a string line and make it look nice and even and grade it, I said, I can do this. And so I started doing more and more of it. Um, I got guys to help me out. You know, at the time I was just paying cash. I didn't know anything about business insurance and I don't have any type of background education in business at all. So, you know, I had to learn all that stuff. And, you know, I got one crew, then I got two crews. Then I was able to buy a Groundhog HD99, oh, wow. which was my first machine. Before that, I was hand digging, hand digging, rock barring. Um, and then from the HD99, I was able to buy another truck. Then I got a second crew going. They, then I got an MT50. And I got a third crew going. Um, and the progression of going through here, I just started learning how to be a business owner instead of being out there in the field. Like it all started uh, coming together for me. Um, and so just to give you guys a time frame, this went on from about 2014 to 2018. Um, my office was at this point, at this time I had moved out of the recovery house and I had bought in a one bedroom apartment in the city a rented a one-bedroom apartment in the city. So that was my office in there. And I had nowhere really to store my my vehicles or equipment. So I'm kind of like storing them behind the apartment, some in the front of the place, taking up parking spaces. And um, so 2018, I start to realize something. I said, you know what? I said, I'm going about this wrong. I said, I'm only making so much money and and fence installation i said there's got to be a different way to do this so the owners of life speaking foundation like i said they there was this big warehouse there 15,000 square foot warehouse and there was four companies in this warehouse and the guy said you know what dave you can park your vehicles behind this warehouse they said just don't block the garage for the tire shop so they gave me a space to put my vehicles back there. They didn't charge me anything. Wow. Um, you know, so I had my vehicles back there. And then eventually one day they gave me this little shed. And they said, hey, Dave, you can use this shed to, like, whatever, put a couple tools in, um, uh, put some, you know, I was super thankful for that little shed because now I had, you know, I could put some saws in there. I can put some, um, uh, some concrete in there and keep it dry. It was really really small and honestly it was like it was like a homeless shelter for animals in there and it, and it really stunk but i was super grateful for it mm -hmm. um so anyways one day something happened one day the guy at the the, the company at the tire shop left and there was two bays in there there was um a, a big gigantic compressor um and like, uh, like maybe like some shelving or something like that in there. So I talked to the owner 
and I said, "Hey, how much? How much would it cost to 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 rent this?" Mm -hmm. And they told me it was around nine hundred or a thousand dollars. And at the time, I didn't have money like that, so that was a big risk. So this is the common theme in business: is you gotta take the risks. Mm -hmm. So I took the risks, and I said, "You know what? I'm yeah. gonna make this happen." <laughs> Man, I, I tell you what, all my growth has come out of risk. Like, I remember buying my first forklift, looking at uh, Pepper going, I, I, I'm about to buy a forklift. I don't know if I should do this. I'm using my working capital. I bought the forklift, never looked back, you know? And then mm -hmm. it was, all right, we're getting a yard. Uh, this is scary. Got the yard. Then I needed a building. And every, every step was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. So it just feels like out of that, I don't want to say fear, but out of that that feeling that you have of, I can't believe I'm doing this and just taking the leap and going, oh, shit, just let it roll. Whatever happens, happens. It seems like there's so much growth that comes out of it. You know, I've seen it with Cannon, things that he's done, and I've definitely seen it with stuff you've done, Dave, you know? Yeah, and, you know, um, the whole time it's like that. And it's, it's, you got to take risks. It's like at the casino, you know, if you're going in and you're, you're betting pennies, you're, you're only going to hit so big of a jackpot. But if you're betting everything and you do hit a jackpot, you're going to hit. And, you know, so, so I get this garage and now I'm starting to say to myself, how I need this thing to pay for itself. How can I make money with this? How can I set this up so that I can make money? So then a couple things happen. Because I'm out doing the estimates. I'm out digging holes with these guys. I'm out putting fences with these guys. And there became a point where I had so many estimates that I couldn't work with them no more. And I was a micromanager. So if there was a technical job, I had to be out there. If there was a drastic slope or it was a, you know, a serious you know, a custom capped fence, I needed to be out there. Um, if there was a new piece of equipment, yes. Yeah, I was, I was a micromanager. And... So, you know what? I had to say one day, I had to let go. I had to say, you know what? Let them go out there. Let them do whatever they're going to do. I got to trust in my guys. I got to empower them and let them figure it out. And so now I was able to do estimates full time out there. And I'm selling the jobs. I'm keeping the crews going. And then one day I said, you know what? I can't keep up with these estimates no more. And so I, I gave one of my guys a crash course. On estimating, like I walked him around with the wheel around the, and say, hey, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. Don't put any gates on any slopes. Talk the customer out of it. If they insist on it, make them sign off. Make sure their <laughs> trees are out of the way. There's no dog shit in the yard. Um, and, you know, he picked up really good. So now he's out selling. And then something happened one day. And I said, you know what? I said, I can really increase my profit if I can find somebody that will sell me fence at a wholesale price. And this was a, a big risk for me too because, you know, I had to pay $50,000 for a truck at the time. And that was everything I had. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And listen, it wasn't even my money. Oh, it really? was my. No, it was my customer's deposits. Yeah. I don't know if I should say oh. that on here, but, you know, <laughs> I put it all on the line. So I bought a truckload of lineals 
from an extruder. I had bought in a forklift, and then the coronavirus happened. And so I had all this money put into this stuff. It gets delivered, and literally two days later, I get a note on my uh, door to shut down. And I'm like, oh, my God. So now all that's going on. And I'm like, the customers are going to start asking for their money back, and I don't have their money. And so all this fear was kicking in. And I'm like, what did you do? And so this is when I got my first piece of software. Okay. This is when I said, I got to keep selling, but we're not allowed out of the house to sell. And I talked to Rachel, Rachel Graham Krause from My Salesman. Yeah. And this is when I got to My Salesman. <laughs> and so listen, so listen, My Salesman saved me at the time because I'm in, stuck in the house in the coronavirus. But I got to my salesman now on my website and people are calling me up and I'm saying, okay, I'm sending them a link. I'm saying, here's how you do it. Draw your fence out. And it was super easy to set up. I'm like, draw your fence out. And I'm like, listen, this is going to give us a real good idea. We can go off this price, but I just want to let you know if we come over there and you got like 10 tree stumps in the ground and we have to do excavate and there's something, the price might have to change. But I'm like, you can count on this price. So now I'm selling jobs through my salesman through the coronavirus and now I got to connect too with a wholesaler. So anyways, the, they let us go back to work. I implemented the, my salesman in there. And so I'm getting these blank posts and I'm like, how the heck do I router these? I didn't know anything about a CNC machine. <laughs> or, so we built these jigs out of um, used fencing that we had like tear outs and wood and we built these long tables and i actually built this square on there where a router can go in and follow the square and cut out our cutout for our two by seven and so we would slide the we would slide the post on a table and it would stop this way it hit in the same spot two inches below the top for the drop on there and then we had our our jig so it would go right underneath the jigs, and we had these two routers dangling from the ceiling. And we would literally punch a hole in it and go around it, and there we would be covered in shavings. Um, so we're routing our posts like that. <laughs> we're doing whatever we got to do. Um, we're cutting lineals down. Like, like we're learning. We're making all kinds of mistakes. Like we don't know. Like We're buying rails in 16-foot lengths and all our pickets in 16-foot lineals. And we're cutting this stuff down. And so we're just supplying our own teams out there with our stuff. And we're saving a lot of money now. So our profits are going up. So I find this CNC machine on uh, – actually, my wife. My wife found it. And she said, look at this. And it was a table CNC for carving, um, for carving like signs, like wooden signs. Um, so it was like a six-by-eight uh, metal frame um, – they actually put a picture of it in the um, the fence magazine, Fence News. But I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, so I buy this. I go over there, and the guy doesn't even know if this thing works. You know, he's like, it was my dad's. My dad passed away. He's like, I don't know if it works, but he wants a lot of money for it. So um, a couple days go by, some negotiation goes by, and he sells it to me, right? Another risk that I took. And – you know, he has it delivered over to the warehouse, which at this point is just a garage, which mm -hmm. is the tire shop. So we get this thing in there. We get it all set up. We got to level it out perfectly on the floor. And we don't even know how to turn it on. 
honestly. There's a computer that gets attached to it somehow. We're figuring out all these wires, and then we get it all on. And it's the oldest system you've ever seen. Like It was so old that there was nothing on YouTube to even tell us how to use it. Like It's a green monitor and like DOS on there. And we're like, how do we move it? How do we use it? So I play around with this thing for days, right? And and I find out about geometric code, what G-code is, and it's an XYZ access. And so I started learning how to write programs um, uh, in geometric code. So I had to set spindle speed, spindle direction, feed rate, how far down uh, the, the router went, um, how far left, how far right, how far back, and at what speeds, and rapid movements, and all this stuff. So we're writing programs that take thousands of lines of code now in Word. Jeez. And, yeah, so we're strapping like 10 posts at a clip to this thing. And anyway, so this big process goes down. Um, and we're learning how to use this machine. We're getting it down. We made a lot of mistakes. And eventually, this thing starts making us money, you know, because now it's route and tempo to the clip. It's not the best. Sometimes they're off a little bit. Sometimes they're to the left, to, to the right a little bit. Um, and we got to adjust some stuff. Um, so you had stepper motors and gears, so sometimes they would slip, and you had to wash the thing. Um, so anyways, the people who rented me the garage came to me one day, and they said, hey, Dave, um, we're kicking this, we're evicting this power washing company out of there. And it was a big part of the warehouse. And they said, you know, 3,000 bucks. They said, it's yours. You want to take a look over here? I go over there. The place is trashed. I'm telling you, there's one light working. There's a thick layer of oil on the floor. Somebody was obviously like in there living, like smoking crack. There was candles in there and a sleeping bag. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, this place stinks. Like, I don't know what was going – I can't even describe the smell, but I took a risk because the guy said – they said, give us the word, and we're a victim. And I said, let's move on it. And so – Dave, was this – was this? I remember – I mean, I don't know how many of y'all followed Dave. Jumped the forklift to the wall. Yeah. I don't know how many of y'all followed Dave uh, or, or on his personal Facebook but Dave goes through these things where he does, you know, 44 days of whatever you're doing right now. And, and then I remember when all this was going on, you were doing this thing where you were jogging with weighted vest on uphill in the snow and ice. You do that at like 5 a.m. in the morning. And then at 8 a.m., you're driving forklifts through walls and degrees and floors. And I was like, what is this guy doing? And I'd call you and you're like, I can't talk right now. I got this going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, um, what you're talking about when we drove uh, the forklift through the wall, that was actually the fourth company in there that we took over. It was a plastics company, and there was a big wall dividing us from them. And we actually drove through the wall with the forklift, and the guy wasn't even moved out. <laughs> there yet so we knocked the shelving down in there and all this guy's stuff in there we're like oh my god he's still in here um, <laughs> it was great it was all live on facebook so 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 yeah. david let me let me I, I think i've been hearing this correctly you started behind the building you had like a little parking spot and you said there was a fifteen thousand yeah. square foot building with four tenants 
And you just yes. said the fourth guy, that's the wall you're not, not down. Yeah. Yes. So nobody's, yeah, nobody's there but David now. Yeah, we got the whole building. Um, and, and thank goodness for that. Cause so when we got the warehouse, um, uh, when the power washing company came out, they gave that gave us two offices, a break room, and a bathroom, and a and a large production area. And it also gave us. It was so crazy because that weight room that I was knocked on their door and talked to them. That weight room was in there, and eventually we moved it out. But that's our loading dock now. So. And you know what's what's really crazy is I would walk by this building every morning when we just had the back of it, when we just had that little space in the back, and I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to take this building over. And I envisioned myself taking this building over like nobody was being evicted. None of this stuff was ever talked about, but I said, I'm going to take it over, and the thought was so strong that eventually, I'm not saying it was because of that, but, but it happened. So that was the second company that left. Now, the third company was a construction company. So they leave out of there, and we take that over and make it a showroom. And then – so just to give you guys an idea what went on there, the renovations, um, the floor was covered in oil because there was oil-burning heating systems in there. We had to scrape all that up, hire companies to come in and pressure wash. Then we had to have the oil-burning systems taken out of there, replaced with Modine heaters. My brother, my brother-in-law, Dennis, did – then we had to have the floors epoxy, the walls painted, the light fixtures changed out for LED light fixtures, the offices tore out, drop ceilings down, new drop ceilings, paint, LED lights, new floors, and then we had to put stuff in the offices, computers, chairs, printers. Um, and meantime, all I have is my install crews, uh, and they're helping me through this, and we're doing this, and it was a lot of money um, in renovation and a lot of time, and we're still pumping fence out. Well, Why Dave, this is going on. Dave, this is the funny thing. Before we got on camera, we were talking a little bit. And, Dave, you went from not having a roof over your head to not only being in this building, but you just put a new roof on that building. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, whole place, the whole place is remodeled. Yeah. So, Dave went from not even having a roof over his head to moving into a building taking the entire thing over him, the four tenants and putting a roof on his building. I just think that in itself is just, you know, I don't know, man, your story just is. That's, a, that's like the ultimate testimony of what it means to believe. He just kept believing. Yeah. yeah. yeah and a lot of, a lot of hard work and the harder you work, the luckier you get. So look, um, the, 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 the construction company moved out. That's now your showroom. I've seen that probably 15 times on Facebook, and I love looking at it because every single time it gets a little bit better, you know. And you know yeah. what I like about yeah. it, David? I, I don't mean this any kind of way. You're so humble. You're so special. You're so, like, you've been through some shit, man, but you're so, like, innocent in the way you the way you come across. And he's like, Dan, I'm, I I have to say this. He's like, look at, look at this free uh, bottle of water we're giving you. Like, it's stuff like this that I, I overlook, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a person, as a business owner. But he's like, look, we have come in here to see this. We got a free bottle of water. We've got a computer set up. Like, he doesn't miss any single detail. And because of that, that's why he's freaking winning, you know. Well, not only that, he's got a stuffed animal dog sitting in the showroom behind, <laughs> behind, behind the aluminum fence. I was like, it's genius. And the water fountain. Yeah, which is, I, I got a water fountain in here, and it sounds so cool. <laughs> Yeah, we got a pond too. We have a koi fish pond in there. Um, we like the sound of water because it, it 
it makes people tranquil. Yeah. You know, and we painted the warehouse. We use a lot of psychology in the colors I believe because you. it has a calming effect um, on people. And, and honestly, like, so this is what's really crazy is like, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into because now we're distributing fence. We're involved in the fabrication process. So now there's this whole different thing going on of, systems and processes that we have to figure out because when you go and look at a big warehouse like that if you never set nothing like that up before that's very intimidating you know what i mean you you don't want to have to move machinery around twice you don't have to move this around twice you got to set it up so it's a nice flow in and out nice and lean so we kept building up all these systems and processes and using all this different software um you know and a lot of the stuff you guys helped me out with and various different people, you know, Brad Jones um, uh, from OK uh, Vinyl. A lot of people on here would help me out with software. And, and I mean, we are we're on the cutting edge of everything. Um, I used to look at my competitors and say, what are they doing? Right now, my competitors are wondering, some of them might even be watching this, but now they're saying, what am I doing? Because we're 10 steps ahead of them. And, and so what I found out and for some of the guys watching, cause you know, some of you guys might be still out there in the field working, digging holes. You know, I get that. I've been there. Um, but I got smart and said, you know what? I have to work on my business and not in my business. Um, and so this is where the systems, the processes and the software came into place because systems and processes equal freedom. So when you have a staff and everybody has a system and a process and it's documented and they know what their job is, you can go away and spend time with your family. You can uh, uh, be growing your business, having meetings, uh, pursuing new things in your business. Like we're building contractor portals now. Uh, so our contractors who buy job lots can order right off the portal. Um, we have an e-commerce site that's built that's ready to be launched. We're getting some stuff worked out with the LTL. A company, some stuff that we put a lot of work into, but I'm able to do that because my staff does everything efficiently. And I just want to talk about um, one of the game changers, uh, and my coach really helped me out a lot with this because I didn't want to do it. But one of the game changers is one day I started thinking to myself, I said, you know what, if we had some sort of software that we can go out there and be able to just draw it on a tablet and it can figure out per lineal foot what the price is and be able to compute a an estimate instantly. I said our closing rate will double and it will eliminate all the back end work that was going on in the office because my administrator at this point, here was our process. My guys would go out there with a notebook. Right. And some of our brochures and they would meet with the customer. They'd measure it out. They'd sketch it on a paper. The customer would pick out a fence. My estimators would take a picture of it, of the drawing and send it to the admin. The admin would put it on graph paper, build a proposal, attach it to an email, send the email out to the customer, then follow up. And then if they wanted to follow if they wanted to uh, pull the trigger, then we'd have to upload that to DocuSign and then send that to them and then create an invoice and send that. And because DocuSign and Click and Pay, we thought we were on the cutting edge. 
But I said, there's got to be a way to eliminate this. So I started talking to software developers in India and all over the place. And I'm like, I'm going to build this software, have this built for our company. And it was an astronomical amount of money and time. Um, and just communicating with the Indians and that big communication barrier. And they're in a different time zone. And I gave up on it. And then one day, I forget who put it on here, but I seen ArcSight. And it was exactly what I had envisioned uh, my software being. So I sign up for the ARC site. I don't know how it's going to go. Um, well, so hey, I, before, before you do ARC site, I remember when you signed up with CFS and you were like, bro, this stuff is amazing. You got to get it. You got to get it. And then like 30 days later, you called me up and you said, have you heard of ARC site? I signed up with him today. I got a demo tomorrow. <laughs> Something like that. So, yeah, and so the CFS, okay, so we still use CFS. And what we use CFS for, which is great for, is we use CFS for all of our spec drawings, for our shop drawings, for contractors who say, hey, we need this for our HOA. We need to know the spacing. We need to do the picket length, all this stuff. So we use it for that. I spent months setting up CFS. Like it was every single day. The staff is great there. Um, the, they, they work really hard. It takes, it's, it's very bulky to set up. It anybody that's been on it knows that it's very bulky. So CFS does what ArcSight does in a sense. It's a lot harder to set up though. And, but the drawings, I couldn't get with the drawings on it because the drawings didn't look very accurate. So we, we need to print the drawing up and give it to our contractors so they could go out there and install the fence. But the drawings, they, 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 they kind of ran together. So anyways, we get talking to ArcSight, and I talked to the developer, uh, Pat Caldwell, his name was. And I'm telling you, we had ArcSight set up in like three meetings. And I said, Pat, this is all I needed to do. I need to give you a perlineal foot uh, for each fence with a gate cost. I need some variables in there. You know, um, if there's going to be core drilling, if there's going to be a removal, if there's a bad grade, if this is a far out distance. So we start using this arc site and our sales doubled. <laughs> and now our guys are going out there, drawing it, giving a customer a proposal right there. The customers are signing the proposal off of arc site and paying right off the tablet there. And it eliminated all the back end work. So let me tell you why that was important. Because that freed up our admin and our salesmen now to do more stuff. So which triggered more growth uh -huh. in our company. And so now we got all that back end work. Our sales are, are closing like crazy. And now, and this is a personal thing for me. Um, I started to realize that we didn't think it was fair to be competing against the contractors that we were selling fence to because the business model in our areas in our area is like this people buy fence off of uh, another fence company but that fence company is also competing against them and so what can happen is that fence company that supplies them could end up lowering their price and shutting them out because what they pay for fence is not what the average contractor pays for fence, you know, because they're buying a million dollars, quarter million at a time and stocking in their yard and lineals and they got CNC machines and all this other stuff. So I started to walk that tightrope. And so I said, you know what? 
none of these guys are out here just selling fence. I said, so we're going to be the guy like, hey, why buy off your competitors when you could buy off of us? We're here to help you grow your business. And so now all that energy that we were putting into all those moving parts for the installation, everybody on here knows, you know, dealing with the customer, the estimate, uh, uh, you know, chasing them down for their money, the property disputes, the zoning disputes, the um, the customer callbacks, you know, there's a windstorm and trees are coming down. Um so we're going to take all that energy now and put it strictly into our customer service for supplying our contractors. And by that, now in-house jobs won't take precedence to them because we don't have any in-house installation. So all the material is for our customers. Um, and so now we're using, we're still using um, ArcSight and we're still using my salesman, but we found out ways to use it in a different capacity. Mm -hmm. So now we broke it down to where a customer can draw like on my salesman for our e-commerce site, a customer can draw on there, pick a style of fence out and select their gates. And we have it down to a science on what it's going to cost the customer for that material. Then we can see that the customer was on there because if they didn't follow up and put it in the shopping cart, we know to call them and follow up and say, hey, do you have any questions about the material? Did you need help with your layout? And the same thing with ArcSight. So now for our local DIY you know, homeowners that want to do it themselves, we can go out there with the ArcSight and draw it right in the tablet. And we have our parameters reset in there just like my salesman. So now it tells them the exact cost of what their materials are going to cost to have a DIY fence delivered to their house for them to install. You know, with the concrete, we got variables in there for delivery and stuff like that. So we'll be able to bring these tools to our customer to help close sales out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're on track to double our business from last year. I mean, this will be our third year in a row, breaking a million dollars um, in sales. And, and we're just really, really uh, just super blessed. I mean, Coming from the cemetery to where I'm at now, living in my dream home, I have four beautiful kids. I have one-year-old, two-year-old, five-year-old, three daughters, and one boy, seven-year-old boy. And I'm just so thankful every day to have the team that I have and to have the ability to run a company um, the way that we are. It's just amazing. I don't know what to say, man. How do you follow up? <laughs> David freaking got it. Thank you, David. How the hell do you follow up after that, man? <laughs> Dave, all right, so let me ask you. I, I got some questions. How about that? 2014 yeah. to 2018, now here we are, 2022. At what point did you decide Did you decide that, you know what? I ain't raking leaves or, or, or shoveling mulch. Was that after that first vinyl fence? Like, when did you say, hey, I'm a fence guy? You know what? It was after that first fence that I sold and I seen the money, that there was money potential in it. And then I also knew that as long as I follow some simple rules, I can do any kind of fence. As long as I keep it to the string line, keep it straight, you know. And so every time there was a new fence that we never did, like a horizontal fence or a chain link fence or a wrought iron fence, we would there'd be a learning curve where it was slow, the first one. But then we started making money off of them. But as long as I followed those basic concepts, I knew that 
I can build a company around fence. And I just followed a simple, a few simple core values. Mm -hmm. And one of them was always fix the problem, no matter what the cost is. So if there's a callback, even if you can't fix it, go back and try to fix it. Mm -hmm. So I stuck with a couple core values and it built my reputation up and built my word of mouth up. And for the first couple of years, I was all over the place. Like I would, I would clean your gutters and put a fence in. I would put your fence in and then dig some stuff out to put some uh, uh, drainage for your gutters in and, or, or whatever the case might be. Put a French drain in around your house. And then I said to myself, I said, you know what? People don't like that. People don't like the jack of all trades. So I said, I have to specialize in one thing and let people know I'm a specialist. So if they wanted us to do anything else, you know, cut trees down, um, anything that was out of the realm of fencing, I said no. Um, and this way I let them know, listen, we're experts in fencing. That's what we do. David, there's a lot of people yeah. in these. Go ahead, Diane. No, no, sound like he's got it figured out, man. There's a whole lot of I'm glad you're not a gutter guy. I'm glad you decided to take on fencing because you've been an inspiration yeah, to me, you know. I appreciate that. And it, likewise, Dan, um, a lot of people, there's a lot of people on here that, that helped me through the process because, you know, sometimes you can't just blast the question out there because sometimes your competitors are on here and it could hurt you. And I've been through that scenario where they found out I was buying off of different suppliers and I was cut off and all that stuff. But people that I go to personally in their inboxes and say, hey, can you help? Brad from uh, OK Vinyl, Brad Jones, um, uh, Rachel Graham Krause. Uh, uh, these are people um, that I talk to, the guys at ArcSight. I talk to you guys. And I know that, like, hey, that you guys are in it to help other people out and not harm them. Because not everybody needs to hear everything. No, you're right. You're right. Hey, there's things Cannon and I don't talk about. Yeah, so sometimes. We them out and see if it's going to work for us and so we can be ahead of the curve. I mean, it's just business, man. So, so Dan, let's talk about this David guy. I mean, he's out here knocking on doors in 2014, talking about, hey, this is my list of skills. I can, I can, <laughs> pretty, pretty basic stuff too. I can rake your leaves. I can clean your gutters. I can, I can show mulch, you know. Um, like, David, you have to find it hard. Um, to, 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 to accept somebody who gives up. You, you, like, you're just like such an overcomer. Like when somebody's like, oh, we can't do that. How does that sit with you? When somebody says, hey, hey boss, we can't get this done. Like that has to like be like, no, that's not an answer. Like how does David handle that? Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I had some experiences in my life where um, that changed my life, uh, where I was told by everybody that it couldn't be done and it was impossible. And I went ahead and did it. And when I did that, it opened up some kind of door for me in my mind. And I was like, don't worry about that's what they were taught that they couldn't do it. That's what they learned subconsciously, maybe from overhearing their parents saying in the background that money was hard to make or this was impossible. So I was able to experience that stuff, you know, and know, like, listen, I'm going to try it 15 different ways until I could do it. And there's a million stories out there just like that. You know, Thomas Edison, you know, how many shots of the light bulb did he have before that worked? You know, stuff like that on there. So when people say it, you know, the limitations are all here. This is the battlefield, the six inch battlefield. 
right here your mind your mind is what t it's it's a lot of it is fear driven and so you know you just can't believe it because you know what honestly canon when i started knocking those doors i almost didn't knock those doors because when you go out there and you're going to knock on a door it becomes very real like the fear starts kicking in the fear of rejection they're going to tell me don't solicitate at my doorstep get out of here they're going to tell me no don't come back you know and i almost didn't knock and the first few doors i knocked on out there i was met just like that people people were open up the doors not interested bang upstairs in the window going we're okay see ya <laughs> and then somebody said somebody said yeah how much and i had to come up with a number <laughs> and so you know and then i fed off that and then i started feeding off the 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 people that were like you know get the f off my doorstep and i'd say okay and then i go knock on a neighbor and say hey your neighbor over there told me that you're going to be able to help me out and they say oh did he yeah yeah i actually said that you might need your gutters cleaned you know and i started using it and eventually when you make up a decision, I think in Greek, the word decision means to cut away from. So when you make a decision, you're making it, you're saying that there is no turning back. And that's the decision that I made. So when I said I'm going to start my own business, it was, it was do or die for me. You know, there was no like, hey, baby, I could go back and get a nine to five. No, it's just, it, I don't know what happened inside of me, but something broke. And I said, you know, I'm not ever going back um to that life and, and i'm so glad that I, I i did it because through my business i met my wife you know i had these kids i bought this beautiful home like my whole entire life changed because of my perseverance if i gave up on my business none of this stuff that is all the good stuff in my life would even be happening right now and i'd just be some bum working a nine to five sweeping a warehouse floor at the tire plant you know making 12 bucks an hour you know? Yeah. David, are you seeing these notes here, man? Everybody's saying the same exact thing. Great story, great inspiration. Uh, this is one of one of the guys that works here. Uh, says, David, you're definitely one of the best guests I've listened to yet. Love your drives, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I told Dan multiple times today. I think Dan and I, we talked on the phone probably three or four times a day. And each time I told him, I'm like, Dan, I'm freaking pumped about david gatto coming and, and and talking with us and i told him more than once like hey i don't i really i don't think i'm gonna have anything to say i'm just gonna listen to him you know uh yeah. i've got my own questions and and i want to see what any of the commenters might have but dan one thing i want to know from david is this what do you think about communication within your team what are you doing david to to to, to drive to most businesses the things that I hear, the, the, the biggest weakness, and I would say that's probably true here at Jackson Fence Company, is the biggest weakness is probably communication across the team. You know, that's a great, great question, man. Yes. So how how does David? Yeah. How does David ha handle that? Yeah. So um, this is important because you need to have your finger on the pulse of the company. You need to know um, what's what's going on with your employees, how they're feeling, and and. You know, because um, we went through a lot of that, and there was a really big turnover rate. You know, uh, people were coming in, people were going. I had times where I lost most of my staff, and I got so sick and tired of losing people. And, and most of the guys can relate on here. You know, you put all this money in the training this guy, and next thing you know, he doesn't show up to work. Or he's getting high, he's drunk, he goes to jail, they steal from you, um, 
all that stuff. So we made it, we, we approached it differently with our staff this time. And first off, we did a really thorough hiring process, you know, um, background checks, urine tests, um, check the references, um, made him take a disc assessment. So we developed a hiring process where we had to follow the, they had to meet certain criteria to come on and then you got to communicate your staff. Okay. So one thing that we did is we started having a 15 minute meeting every single day in our office with all of our staff. And it wasn't like a meeting like, Hey, Cannon, you got to do this today. And Dan, you got to do that. But it was a meeting of, Hey, what's going on in your life? Like it was personal. Like what's going on with your personal goals? Hey, Dustin, how's things going with your kids? Or, you know, um, uh, Dan, how, how you doing with your, with your driver's license? You know, and stuff like that and and communicating with my staff like that made an openness, you know, because one of the questions that I always ask in my meeting is like, hey, is there anything that, you know, you guys would like to talk about that's not being talked about that we need to get with, you know, and that was the time like if people are having problems because, you know, you got to maintain communication because when you're growing rapidly like this and you're implementing all these processes you can only implement so many processes so fast before people start to get frustrated, you know? So you got to implement them slowly and you got to communicate what you're doing because it makes sense to you because you see the vision, you're trying to communicate the vision to them, but they don't see why, why do we got to go paperless now? Why do we got to do this? Um, You know, we're tripled our sales this year, Dave, why are we changing it? No, we tripled our sales because of the changes that we're making. You know, and so it's just really important to um, communicate. And some more ways that we communicate is through the software. We commute, we stay connected through the software, whether it be ArcSight, My Salesman, or Asana. Asana is a big one that integrates uh, Calendly, um, where we can put messages up on the board and people can respond to them. You know, um, and we you can assign tasks to certain people. So. Yeah, so we found a lot of ways to uh, communicate mainly through software and through meetings. Yeah, and software is a big thing for us too because uh, here we are, you know, doing. I work in, from home right now, which we're moving into our new offices next week. Amen to that. I can't wait. But uh, Kirsten works from home. Dylan works from home, sometimes comes here. My salesman's out on the road. So. You know, we use we use the crew app right now to communicate so we can keep up with everything you know so software is huge i mean i talked to a guy in my inbox yesterday um he's running a four billion dollar a year company no software i said i just like the old paper and pencil mm. like oh my god you know I'm not running a four million dollar company. I don't know how I can do it. Look, that's I, don't know how I can do what I did now with a pen and pencil. But that's you know? that's 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 called being comfortable. And David doesn't come from a a place. Yeah, yeah. David doesn't look like a guy who gets comfortable. So it's perspective, yeah. you know. David, uh, what what would you say? There's been several people here tonight that's already commented, and uh, you're not. There's other people in our industry. Uh, they have a similar background, a similar story. Um, and you're an inspiration to me, you know? Uh, but, like, you're kind of leading this crusade, man. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know if I have a question around that, but like, you're an example, man. And I appreciate what you're doing. I really mean that. I'm not just saying it. Uh, and I've learned a lot just sitting here listening to you. Usually, I don't get the chance to just shut up and then it. But I've enjoyed this. <laughs> I've enjoyed so it. So I. I warned you, man. Didn't I tell you? I said, hey, I just want to let you know. Uh, Dave's a talker. I don't know if we're gonna get a whole lot of, lot of words and just let him roll. You know, man. I, I can't help but sit yeah. here and like kind of. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna turn this off here in a minute. I'm just gonna do a lot of self reflection. Like, <laughs> damn it, Cannon, what are you thinking, dude? Like, I'm a. I've learned in the past sixty yeah. minutes, and I am a micromanager because I was out helping dick hoes a day. I don't need to do that, but I'm out there like, hey. Oh, you guys never done the fence this big and, and, and this far away? Let me come help you and show you how to do it. You know I, what I mean? I'm constantly on his ass about that, too. Hey, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. You need to start that. Yeah. And you know what? You make the change when the pain gets great enough. And, you know, you're like, you know, I'm not dealing with this no more. Like, this hurts. This is – once you realize that stuff like that is holding your company – back and you know i coach a lot of people on an individual basis and i have coaching uh, uh coaches that coach me and some of these guys like i gotta bring myself back to where they're at and understand because i try to pound this stuff into them like you know you're you, sh you ought to hire some guys you're you're stunting the growth of your company by being out there you got to register your llc you got to get insurance you got to start doing things on three-parted carbon copies where the customer loses a copy or you lose a copy. And I want to yell at them and just shake them and say, wake up. But then I got to remember, like, listen, I was where they're at, yeah. you know, and there was a process to learning and you make the changes when the pain becomes great enough mm. and you say, I got to do something about that. So that's where your systems and processes come in. And then, you know, you start realizing like, like Dan said, like I, I see the guys on here all the time. They're old school. They use pen and paper. They're like pen and paper, and they're proud of that. And and I get that. But I'm like, man, you don't know what you're missing with with the software. You do not know what you're missing and what it could do for your company, and then in turn, what it could do for your family and how you can benefit your company by paying them more and giving them benefits. Like we have paid vacations, Christmas bonuses, staff parties, dental vision uh all kinds of uh, benefits because we're implementing uh stuff to make our company more profitable yeah i think i think can and him and i have talked about this in the past he just truly loves fencing man and he just i mean i remember that i remember when i finished the job and i drove off like, man, I feel like I accomplished something great today. And not only did I accomplish it, I'm going to drive by here tomorrow and it's still there. And it's still affecting this neighborhood. And that curb appeal is affecting everyone that drives by it. And Cannon's still, he's still young in it. And he just loves that. And I love it too. But at some point I had to let it go. And when I let it go, I really, I really, really, really started working on my business. Look, I, I, I love, I, I love, I love fencing, and and we always talk about working on the business. But we have to remember, like, to be fair, I spend a lot of time right here in this office, you know. But to be fair, our, our business is building fence, and so when I'm out helping my guys build fence, like I, that is also, in fact, working on the business. And I, that's that's my opinion. That's my belief. Like at the end of the day, we're a fence company. Yeah, we're a fence company. That's what we deliver, and we need to we need to know how to do that 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 well, you know. 
Uh, yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I live there, you know, but I will say at the same time, um, some days it's hard to go out and build fence and I got, I got a crap ton of stuff to do. And I'm, 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 I'm the worst. I will go out and build fence, but I won't, I won't negate what I got to do. I will just work late. I'll work a double, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I will say this when I go out and build fence days out today, I built fence today. I built fence yesterday. Those are honestly some of my happiest, best days, you know, and we all have different skills. We all have different uh, things that we bring to the table, you know, uh, I'm not gonna say I'm God's gift to building fence, you know, but I enjoy it. And 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 for me, the the couple of days a month, three days a month, I do go out and build fence. Those are honestly some of the three best days of my month. I enjoy being out in the sunlight. I enjoy breathing God's fresh air. I enjoy coming home dirty and tired. I enjoy it, you know. Man, that video you made driving posts, you were like a kid in a candy store, man. And you can't. You were- so you can't happy. you can't make a good TikTok from the office. You got to get out. <laughs> People want to see the post being cut. People want to see the concrete being mixed. Yeah. People want to see that stuff. You know. Uh, yeah. So you can't yeah, just yeah. you can't do that from the office. <laughs> no, no, no. And I hear you, man. Like I loved putting fencing out there. I I was out there getting a tan. We were drinking gallons of water. The weather was good. We used to bring a portable grill with us and cook burgers and chicken on it. And life was easy. I also had to worry about is that the hole was 34 inches in the ground and that we had it close to the Every once in a while, we have to move a rock around. Life was simple. Um, Then I came to the realization that, yeah, Dave, you love building fence, but are you most valuable? building fence. Is this where you're most valuable? And I had to step out of that and get into other parts of the company. So I definitely hear where you're at, Cannon. And and I loved it. My life was really simple then. Now my life gets, my business life, my professional life gets very complicated mm-hmm. now. But let me tell you the difference. The difference is I'm not working overtime. The difference is when I come home at the end of the day, I come home early, my phone goes off and I'm a full-time father. The difference is I can go on a two-month vacation with my family and know that everything's operating perfectly fine at my warehouse. Mm -hmm. The difference is I'm able to pay my staff more because of some of the changes that I make. So um, I don't miss a soccer game. I don't miss a football game. That's the difference from me working in the field because – Ken and I was nuts. I was out there at night with spotlights. We were shut down by the state police for a breaking noise ordinance. I was out there before the sun came up. I was out there on holidays, you know, so I get that. But eventually I came to the realization and said, you know what, Dave, this ain't all the same what it is for you no more. You know, it, I, it ran its course. I did that for many years. I put in many, many fences. Um, and I took pride in my work. Every single, I had to look down that line and see only one post. You know, so I was so meticulous. I was always checking the string line to make sure a blade of grass didn't knock it off or that a post wasn't leaning against it somewhere and pushing it out. I tell the guys, if that's an eight, that you got to rip that out of the ground. We got to put it back in. Come on, let's get it. Um, you know, so I, I hear where you're at, man. I relate. <laughs> Day's all over, man. The one day in Said Dave, man, I just love it, man. I love yeah. talking to him. Hell yeah. Whenever I see his name pop up on my phone, I'm like, all right, I gotta take this call. Because I know there's like a bomb of energy on the other side. <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. I'll tell you what's great is all these comments because um 
I'm reading all these comments on the side now, now that you mentioned it. Yeah. And I see the people that are getting motivated in there. And you know what? I don't do this for publicity. I share my story to help other people because there was a time where I wouldn't share my whole story. I would leave the part out about the drugs, the alcohol, the prison, the cemetery. But then I found out that's what makes the story powerful. Mm -hmm. To show people where you were and that you can start a business from nothing, from an idea. And if you got the will and the drive, you could go out there and do it. So I just want to end with telling everybody out there, I want to give them hope. Tell them just keep pushing. There's going to be days you want to give up that you just want to go back and work for somebody else. There's going to be days that you have to sell your tools to, to buy more material to keep the next job going. Or you don't know how you're going to get the next job. Or you're, you're at the end of your rope with Sally, or we'll call her Karen, who keeps calling because she thinks she sees a light through the fence on a windy day or when she's at a 45-degree angle at 12 o'clock, it looks a slightly different. And somebody needs to get back out here now. I wouldn't want to make a bad review. You'll be at the end of the rope and you just want to throw in the towel. You know what? When it gets like that, I just go to sleep. <laughs> That's my thing. I just go to sleep and say, I oh, wake up, it's going to be better. Um, and I just want to tell anybody out there that's going through that to keep pushing. Keep pushing out there. Anybody out there listening, keep pushing. Looking at the fence at a 45 degree at high noon, I see light. Uh, hey, man, that's I think I think it looks a little bit different color on this side. Than you, and you're like, oh, my God. And then you know they're calling you four or five more times. You know, um, and as a business owner – Things will, things will happen, and you want to blame somebody for it and say, that was those idiots that were out there, and, but you can't blame nobody. As a business owner, you got to learn to take full responsibility for everything that happens in your company. So when sh the shit starts rolling, it's coming to you, you know, and you got to humble yourself and say, you know what, I could have maybe communicated a little bit better. I had could have had a little bit more control over the situation. So there's a lot of um, humbling stuff. But, yeah, everybody, I don't want to rattle your guys' ears off. I know um, uh, my kids are probably going to sleep. Um, uh, so I just want to, you know, uh, uh, you know um, wish everybody out there the best luck. And if anybody ever wants to inbox me anything, any type of questions or just need somebody to talk to, um, I'm out there. If you need help in your business, I love helping people. Wow. David, thank you so much. Uh, Dan, I guess we're going to have a little recap after David leaves. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. David, good to see you kids, man. Good to Thank you. Hey, God you bless great, you. Man. Thanks for being on. Really appreciate it, man. Thank really you. do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I had a quick question. Oh, that's my mom on there. Hey, mom. Uh, that's my mom, Patty Mackin, on there. She's <laughs> always been in my corner. No matter what. I love you, Mom. Um, so will I be able to listen to this again later? 100%. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. be, I'll get the details. It'll be on the uh, My Fence Life Facebook page. Forever. And it'll get up on YouTube and all the podcasts the next week or so. Yeah, once we uh, once we log out of here in the next 10 minutes, uh, I say usually wait three minutes while it's like rendering or whatever. And what is it? It's It's – Almost eight o'clock for me, almost nine for you. I say by nine fifteen, go to my fence slide, the Facebook page, and you can replay the whole damn thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's my wife Holly on there. I love you, oh, baby. Hey, okay. I'm coming upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's All right, All right guys, I'm out. Yeah, we're hey, doing thanks, it. David.
Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Woo. Wow. Huh? Wow. wow. I told you, man, you, you aren't going to get a word in. Oh. He just, Dave is just a, a fountain of just <laughs> inspiration and information. And uh, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, when I first met Dave oh, man. three years ago, I guess it was, he was, man, talking to him was, uh, I needed a drink after I talked to him. Yeah. He's calmed down. Dave, he was everywhere. He is. A million miles per hour. Um, yeah. So, Dan, what did, what are you taking away from this? What did you learn? What do you think? How do you feel? Um. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously inspired by Dave's story, but when I look at it from a, from a business point of view, I mean, it boils down to hard work. You know, how bad do you want it? You know, um, taking taking leaps of faith. If you want to say faith, you know, taking that risk, you know, and, and I said that during the show, uh, risk it was everything, man. I mean, you know, I was talking to my guy, Terry. Terry's been with me a long time, man. Him and I get along really well. And he uh, he went by the new office today. He hadn't seen the, uh, the new office. He's like, man, I want to see it, you know, and really nobody's seen it. So I was like, yeah, you know, go on up there. Give me a shout when you get up there. So he FaceTimes me and he's like, man. Yeah, I remember when we were working at your kitchen table, parking my, a truck and trailer on a gravel spot that I was renting from a mini storage. And uh, we rented a mini storage. You're like, yeah, we're making it. We're going somewhere. Now we've got seven, uh, you know, seven offices, a yard, trucks, buildings, forklifts. He's just like, man, I can't wait to see where we're going from here. You know, and, and, and every step of the way has been fear. I mean, I remember the first time I ordered my first truckload of material, I was just in awe. I couldn't stop you know, telling telling Pepper. Yeah, I ordered my first truck up. Yeah, man, we, 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 we did it. Now we're ordering two and three 18 wheels at a time. But, you know, every, every step of the way has just been uh, risk after risk after risk. But... On the flip side, you know, Dave's had, like you heard him, he said he's had coaches and people he trusts and people that he talks to. And it's, it's the same with me and same with you, you know. I don't make moves like that unless I talk to to my financial team, my guys who, you know, have my best interest and other businessmen, you know, and, and all that matters. I mean, I you know, this place that we're moving into, I got the lease and, I gave it to my guys and they scribbled all over it and sent it back and said, you need to change this. Dan's not signing this. And the lady was like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm not signing unless you change this, this, and this. And the lady goes, uh, I've been leasing buildings for 30 years. And I've never had anybody send my lease back. Mm. Like, what? First time of everything. Mm. But it's having the right people in your corner. And Dave, yeah. obviously, besides his drive and, and, and his will to Hey, I'm gonna make it, and you know, pick myself up by my bootstraps and do something with my life. He's had some people in his corner, mm -hmm. you know, and that's important. That's real important. And I remember when you told me, uh, "Hey, man, I think of this guy Sean King. I think I'm gonna hit him up and see if he can help me with my business." Nothing wrong with that, you know. 
that's that's how we all move forward and conquer those risks. So, mm. anyway, what an hour, man! Yeah, yeah, man. I didn't know I was yeah. a micromanager, but I think David sums up pretty damn well. I can as a micromanager. I didn't. I didn't want you to feel like I was picking on you, but I was just pointing out, you know. But a guy that talks like him is hard to not. Um, Hard to not believe them. You know what I mean? Like if David said, hey, if David says, hey, you going out there and doing this with them, for them, whatever, makes you a micromanager. I'm like, well, maybe I am, you know? But I learned. So I've got you know? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, look, I'm like all these, everybody here that, that's watched tonight. Uh, I'm freaking inspired. I'm freaking motivated. Uh, talking to David Gatto makes me feel lazier uh, you know what i mean <laughs> like he's not stopping he's not slowing down there's nothing mellow about him i'm kind of a mellow guy uh, david's just like you can just tell his 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 brain is turning fast you know and you know, what i what i really like though is how <clears throat> He really reminds me of, of 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 another guy, Matt Warner. You know, when I think about yes, yeah, Matt's very inspired, very wide open, very. Let me tell you about my team and my people. You know, uh, and that's just kind of how. That's kind of how David made me feel as well. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm freaking pumped, and and I think everybody that that watched tonight is is feeling kind of the same way. Uh, what a freaking hour you know but one thing i'm doing man and, and i want to i want to share this with everybody um we've learned a lot over the past hour david talked about believing in this team um not being a micromanager and he also talked about benefits this evening he talked about his christmas bonuses his uh his his, his paid time already the sick time he talked about that kind of stuff tonight and and I had a guy sit in my office today, and we talked about the same thing. We talked about benefits. We talked about the lack of benefits, you know. And, you know, I told this guy that, that works here who I love, I said, look, man, I don't know. Um, I said, hey, you're not wrong, you know. I give people vacation time, and I give people sick time. There's not a written plan. There's not a written policy. There's not a, a recruitment. You can't just look at your pay stub and say, oh, okay. I've got 24 hours of vacation time left, or I've got 20 hours of sick time. You can't just tell that. I've never put a plan in place, you know? And so I told him. Yeah, I have it. Well, I told the guy this morning, he was bringing it to me, and I love him so much, and I trust him so much. I said, you know what we need to do? And listening to David and I, all I could think about was the same conversation, and that, hey, look, this is the right way to handle this. I said, look, we need to make a committee, a benefits committee, and I need you to head that committee up, you know? I need you to tell me what that uh, benefit package should look like, what the what the vacation time should look like. When when do you get it? You know, when do you not get it? What what does sick time uh -huh. look like? How much of it is it? When do you start having it? You know? Um, we had that conversation this morning and just listening to David talking about his people and talking about trusting people, talking about not micromanaging, and then talking about his personal benefits made me think, hey man, that's the right move. And I'm excited about that. You know what we got here. Yeah, um, you know, 
Dave, Dave's the kind of guy, man, when he I, I see myself in him a lot. You know, I've told you this before. Once I get my mindset, that's it. It's over with. Whatever I got my mind set on, we're conquering and we're gonna make it happen. So I'm talking to Dave the other day, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this. Um and he was headed to go buy some suits. And he's like, Dan, I, I got I gotta look the part. And I'm in the gym in the morning. I'm working out. I got businessmen coming in, bankers coming in. And I got chalk on my hands from the gym. I'm in cut-off shorts and, you know, a T-shirt because I'm running around the, around the, uh, the production floor. So this dude goes out. And sure enough, that night I see him on uh, Facebook Live. <laughs> he got a shirt and tie on. Yeah. You know, wasted no time. Went out, got him some suits. It's like I got to look the part, man. I'm, I'm, I'm elevating. So, um that's just to show you the kind of guy that he is. He he sees something and he's like, "Hey, I got to change it." And he doesn't waste any time, man. He changes it, boom. You know, and and I'm sure, being from where he came from and the jobs that he worked, he realized benefits are important. You know, and uh, you know, we I have perks for my guys. I don't have a full fledged plan like you said, but it's on my plan to make it happen. We just haven't reached that portion yet. Even though, you know, Zach will be like, hey, I'm going to take a week off. I end up paying. Terry's like, hey, I'm going to take Friday and Monday off. I got a bowl tournament. I'm paying. But he doesn't know he's getting paid. And there's yeah. a difference there. Yeah, you don't you don't have that piece, yeah. piece of knowing what you can and can't do. Yeah, you know, Terry hurt his back this week, and he's like, boss, I'm, I'm not worth anything. I said, look, man, I'll pay you. And just get out there and just keep the guys working. You know, you got a guy in the crew that's pretty much ready to run a crew. Can you do that for me? Yeah. I paid him pretty much to sit on a bucket, make sure, supervise the job. Yeah. You know, but those guys want to see it. They want to see it in paper. Sean's got a book, uh, an employee handbook, and all that's spelled out in it. You know, Josh Lover, same way. And I think uh, I, need to, I need to put that – Closer to the top of my list of times. Everybody wants to know. They want to know what happens tomorrow, what happens tonight. We just want to know. It's human nature. Hey, so a uh, couple couple of quotes that David gave us that, that, that I wrote down. You believe that? I wrote down some quotes. He said, David says, systems and processes equal freedom. Amen. Mm. Mm. And then he said, you will make the change when the pain is great enough. Make the change when the pain is great enough. I, I, I can contest to that. Just on this office situation, when I was getting our offices, mm -hmm. you, I mean, I'm going to be straight up with you, man. You want to know why we got offices? Because I got tired of hearing my old lady bitch. I got tired. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I got tired of my guys going, hey, we can't make phone calls because somebody's on the phone and I can't make a phone call. You know, Pepper going, I'm sick today. and I got you in there on the phone. I got Dylan coming in and I can't even Good. hang out on my couch in my in my room and watch TV. And, and it started hurting. So I was like, you know what? Fine. fine. You know, <laughs> we'll get some offers. I called a friend of mine that was a real estate agent and said, find me some offices. That's right. And that's what pushed me because it started hurting. 
you know? Um, so yeah, man, you, when things start hurting, you start making changes. Yeah. Good show, bro. Hey man, great idea to have uh, David Gatto here. Um, Next week, I think we need to have David Gatto back. I think everybody would be happy with that. I would be happy with that. But I think next week, who would you say we have lined up, Dad? Well, I don't have anybody lined up. Oh, great. David Gatto it is. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't called him yet. I don't know if he's listening right now, but uh, we're going to we're gonna call a guy that a lot of y'all know in the fence industry. And if you don't know him, you need to know him. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's a good guy. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. I don't know if he can do it, but uh, I need to get it, give him a shout. But I can't tell you who's going to be the week after that. Who is this? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say his last name right. Brian Fred Fred Frederick Fredrickson Las Vegas Fred, Frederick Mr. Las Vegas. Yeah, we're going to say Las Vegas fence. We're going to have Las Vegas fence in here, Mr. Brian. We with, know you uh, got the T-shirt. That guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Fence Workers Association. Talked with him today. Um, man, he's doing some really awesome stuff. This portal he's building of nothing but fence guys is pretty amazing. Uh, I logged on to it today. And he said he's got, just, you know, 90 days before he gets this thing right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had a talk with him today. I was like, hey, man, get your ducks in a row. Give you a couple weeks. Let's start laying the foundation for this new uh, – for this new, um, you know, Fence Workers Association. I think it's fenceworkers.org. Yeah. And he's got a Android app is already up and running. He's waiting on the Apple app, the iOS app to come out. Mm -hmm. um, Going to be really, really great for the fence industry. You know, and uh, he, uh, he flat out said, look, man, I'm not competing with WASA or the NF." ACA or I, I can't say I don't know the NAFCA. He said everybody's got their place, and I'm just trying to have my place in it too. And we all need to be working together. And I really like the way he was humble about that. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Brian's going to do with this. He's like, he's he's diving in, man. He really is. So two weeks from now, we have Brian from Las Vegas fans. Next week, I'm uh, not quite sure yet. I'm going to get with the guy. Uh, it's probably too late to text him. I don't know what time zone he's in, but it's going to be a good show. <laughs> yes, Fred Seven. and Chris do. Yeah, They've been hanging out together. Yeah, you know, hey, guys have been hanging out, huh? Yeah, Trev, hey, man, go back and watch the show. David Gatto was here. He's gone now. It was freaking incredible. Yeah. Everybody loved it. Chris Steele, hey, dude, I gave you a shout-out at the beginning, and I'll give it now. Chris Steele. High steel fence. Taste Florida. Crawfish boil. Uh, what did I say? April the 23rd. Is that right, Dad? April 23rd. April yeah. 23rd. Pace, Florida. Open house. Crawfish boil. Check out uh, Chris Steele. Last year we had the fence Olympics. This year it's no Olympics going on. There's no competition going on, but there will be some fence training to partake in. So fence training, crawfish, and cold beer. I guarantee it. It's going to be a great time. Rain or shine. I can testify to that. All right, man. Look, it's getting late. I got to go, bro. All right, see you, bud. It's been a long day. Yes. All right, man. You have a good one. Peace. Y'all keep on fencing. <laughs>